0: What's up, everybody? Michael Neddemeier here, and I'm with Jeff King and Joe Geary, and we are your host of the Whitwind Podcast, whatever it takes, whenever it's needed. We're talking all things sales and real estate. Today, we're gonna to dive into a little bit about property investing. There's a lot of different ways to invest in real estate, flipping houses, buying multi-families, rental properties, single families, a lot of different ways to do it. We're gonna go deep on one pillar that we've utilized over the years, and that's by using Section 8 properties on single-family
1: houses. So we're gonna dive in and talk a little bit about that. All right, so we'll first start today's episode off with how did you get into Section 8 properties and how did you hear about it?
0: So the way I started with it was actually, I was flipping houses, this was back in 2007 and 2008. Market started to fall out a little bit and I noticed prices of houses were getting very cheap in a particular area of St. Louis. So I actually bought this property for $8,000 which is you know, kind of unheard of. It was a three bed, two bath, um, bought an 80, 90 year old house in St. Louis City. Bought it for eight grand. I put about 11,000 into it. So I had under 20,000 total. And then while I was finishing up the property, getting it fixed up, I had a front sign in the front yard and a lady called me and she said, hey, I'm, uh, I'm on with St. Louis. Basically, I'm a tenant, Section 8 tenant with the St. Louis Housing Authority. And I said, I have no idea what Section 8 is. And she met me over at the property, explained it all to me. And that's how I got started I learned that um, from there it's actually a really good I like it a lot I know it kind of can get a negative um, name attached to it by some people but it's actually a really good property overall mm-hmm. a
1: really good process overall I should say Joe how'd you get into it
2: so I got into it just last year actually very recent um, Michael just told the team about it and I was curious and just dove
1: in and an um, owner of one Excellent. So how do you get funding to buy a property, to fix up the property, and ultimately get to the point where you can have a tenant rent it?
0: Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways you can go about it. The way I did my first property, I was in my early 20s at the time when I bought it, didn't have any money. Even though the property was very cheap from a real estate standpoint, I still didn't have any cash. So I had an investor. What he did was he financed the deal. I I went to him and said, here's what I want to do. Here's the anticipated return you can expect. He said, okay, I'll give you the money. Uh, buy the property, fix it up, get it rented, pay me my money back, and then you get 50% of the property. So that's how I started. So I started doing that on a couple of properties. And then as I started making my own money through real estate sales and things like that, I looked at the returns and a lot of these properties, what you have to keep in mind is $20,000 was the model back then, buy it, repair it for 20,000 or less. Housing authorities paying the rent anywhere from 800 to $950 a month. So your cap rate on that, is typically in the mid to high 20s. So I was like, man, we're getting like 25, 26, sometimes 30% returns on our money. So what I started doing was saying, okay, now to an investor, I'll give you 10 or 11% of your money, and then I own 100% of the deal. So instead of doing half, I'd say, give me the money, I'll go do everything, and I'll give you 11% annually over four years, I'd give them 11% each year, and then I'd pay them back in full with their return each year, and now I owned 100% of the property. So I started doing that, then I started using my own money as I started making more money. Now, you can also go loans on this, which is what I like, and that's what you did, isn't it, Joe?
2: Yeah, so I actually got a loan on mine, which was just basically like a conventional loan. You only put 20% down, so 20% on a $30,000 property is roughly about 6 grand plus your closing costs, which is a few more grand. So, you're looking about a total investment of about 9 to 10 grand uh, to potentially get $600 a month in cash flow per month.
0: Yeah, so on that. So 20% down, so you're looking at a property that was yeah, oh, so the 30, property 000. that I
2: bought was about thirty-five. We got them down to about 30, thirty-two. We got them to about thirty thousand for purchase price. And how much did you put into it? Uh, roughly about twelve or thirteen all in. So you're at forty-three all in. Yeah, about forty-three all in. Forty-three all in. And then what are you getting rent? Uh, uh, eight fifty minus the. Uh,
1: mortgage which is 250. okay so you're okay. clearing 600 actually <clears throat> easy exactly excellent so you mentioned price so that's definitely something that you look for it has to be priced right and you have to get it for a great price but what exactly are you looking for in the house itself
0: so for me it was about so back in the day i was buying a lot of stuff in the city in st louis city in downtown area so these are 100 year old brick homes there's a lot of maintenance and upkeep with them windows would be older and what I discovered was as the market's progressively gotten better, that $20,000 model I'd like to keep doesn't really exist. So I kind of took a little pause in buying properties between like 2011 and last year, where I thought, well, let's wait for the market to shift and fall out again. Prices will get cheap. While I was doing that, I discovered there's another pocket of St. Louis uh, where there's properties that you can get for around 30,000 all in, 30K. And what I discovered there was that these properties are newer. They're like 1950s, 60s. Frame. so what I like, the new model is basically 30,000 all in or less, uh, three bed, one bath, no basement. So we like slab properties. The reason for that is tenants can't fill the basements up with a bunch of junk. Um, they're just easier, manageable houses. Typically on a slab, you only get like maybe um, one or two people living in them, three tops. So you're not gonna have a house full of people, which I think is a benefit. But that's kind of what, what I discovered was 30K all in, three bed, one bath, housing authority will pay between nine and nine fifty, sometimes a little bit less, but you're gonna get high eights to nine to nine fifty a month. On thirty K, I mean your cap rate again, 25, 26, 27 percent.
1: Yeah, and you can't beat those returns. No, they're
0: fantastic. And the nice thing about the program is it's a hundred percent paid by the government. So you're getting direct deposit. Now if your tenant does not work, does not have a job, government's paying a hundred percent of their rent. So you're never chasing rent down. And that's the beauty of this program is that you don't have to go chase the rent because any landlord knows that's the hardest part about owning a property is collecting the rent every single month.
1: This eliminates that. So it saves a lot of headaches. And so for those of our listeners that are interested in scaling this, so instead of just finding one or two properties, but actually treating it like a business, how do they number one, scale? And then two, how do they make sure that they treat this like a business and not just a little rental here or there?
0: So I think with anything, like it's, it's getting with people that have done it before. And because like, sure, you can make money, like if you own one investment property, I mean, you're not, gonna, you're not lighting the world on fire by any means. It's not something that's gonna um, give you a lot of passive income. It's a great start, but yeah, how do you really get this thing going? So I think one is connect with people that have done it, figure out what their process is, get with a realtor that knows the area and that can help you find deals both on the market and off market but then the next thing is like, yeah, figuring out how do I keep buying this to where, you know, you can get 20 properties now. You can have a quarter of a million dollars in passive income off really a pretty small amount of, of um, initial investment. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's about just formulating a plan. And for a lot of people, they say I don't have the money. What I found was the money was never an issue. Even when I had no money back in the day, it was so easy to go get money because I had a plan in place. So people, you have, you have time and you have talent right? And, and treasure, I guess you could say. So so you've got, like for me back in the day, I had time and I had some talent because I studied, read books, figured out what, you know, put a model together. And then I went to people who had money that didn't have time. They probably had the talent. They just didn't have the time or didn't want to mess with it. So it was much easier for them to say, yeah, go take my money and go make me more money. Mm-hmm. And then, and that's where if you put a plan together, rather than saying, well, I don't have any money, I couldn't do that. Like, how do you go get six grand? If you're going to buy a $30,000 house and you need 20 down, like somebody will loan you six grand, right? Mm -hmm. And if you give them a good enough
2: return, but like, it's not that hard to find money. You just have to have a plan. Is that kind of what you found? Yeah, that's basically what I found too. And my biggest thing is, or my biggest fear is I don't want like the roof to go out and I just have one. And then there goes basically my entire profit for the year is paying for that roof or paying for that water here. So just like you were saying, you gotta have a plan earlier and be prepared to buy more than just one or else one thing and your profit is gone completely. Yeah, I,
0: I agree with that. And that's a good point. You have to plan for contingency stuff like that too. Like stuff does happen. Now, of course you wanna get inspections done ahead of time. So you're gonna have an idea if your roof's okay. And But things will happen where the furnace might go out or this or that. You have to plan for that. But to your point as well, that's why so many people and investors talk about big multifamilies, which I like the idea of owning like large scale investment properties like big, massive, like hundred unit, like that's great. And that's definitely a goal, but this is a way to get into property investing, low barrier of entry, your returns are ridiculously high. And so you're not looking to spend, you know, buy a hundred million dollar property where you get 8%. Like you can get into this thing for six grand. So $6,000, you can make 26% on your money. It's kind of a no brainer. It's easy to get into for your first ones. You can graduate up to those multifamilies and bigger, but this is a great way to get guaranteed income, high rate of return on your money. And to be honest, once your tenant's placed and you get your tenant placed in there, most of them are long-term. So that's what I found. I've had tenants in there eight, nine, 10 years now where they stay because I keep up on the properties. I make sure if something's wrong, we fix it. And you know, you give them a nice place to live and then
1: they want to stay. So it's pretty nice that you're not having a a revolving door of people moving in and out. Absolutely, so if someone was getting started today, looking back on where you started and what you've learned, what would be the number one thing that you'd recommend that they keep an eye out for? Uh,
0: I I would say just really figuring out somebody that knows the process, learn it, and then go look at properties often. So I'd be looking at as many properties as possible and get as much funding as you can because once you get this process down, like you keep finding people to give you more money, like the key to this is yeah, go buy as many as you can, and so I think that's the goal. Figure out a plan, document your plan, go pitch it to enough people, and it's pretty easy to get the money for it.
1: All right, excellent. So what are your future goals as time will hopefully get you some more properties that you find meet your criteria? What is the kind of end goal that you're working towards? So I think for me it's to, like, I have
0: 21 right now, so I want to double that. So I'd like to get at least 40, say, in the next 12 to 18 months. Uh, but the key is, uh, how do you get a million dollars a year in passive income? Awesome. So I probably need 80 to 100 units, somewhere in there. And, you know, again, this is just another pillar, like, this is not primary income, like, this is just another way, how do you get enough passive income that far exceeds your expenses? And it can happen in five years. I think that's the other big misconception people think, like, you really can go get, I don't know, 10 of these things for $60,000 investment, yeah. right? You have 10 of them, and now that's paying you $9,000 a month. You know, then take expenses out of that, but you could clear essentially 60k a year. In five years, you could have 60,000 dollars a year in passive income. Now, for some people, they're like, "That's only 60k. It's not a lot of money." I get that, but for other people, that's more than you make in a year. Like, think about that. Five years, you could be financially free. Most people don't have more than 60,000 dollars in expenses a year, so you could have enough in five years to cover all of your passive or all of your expenses. Not a bad place to be, and then keep building on it. Absolutely, Joe. You're 20. You have one. Yeah, so my my
2: goal is to have at least 100 by the time I'm 30, completely free and clear, paid off. Uh, With the model I set up, I should have about 164 by the time I'm 30 if I follow the model. There you go. Not bad. What's that make you a year? Just shy of a million. How many are you trying to add per year to get you there? Yeah, so I kind of have a doubling method that I put into place. So this year, my goal, so I bought one last year. This year, my goal is to buy two, and the following year, four, eight, 16, so on and so forth, Mm -hmm. uh, just to get to that goal of... Uh, over 100
0: by 30. And that's awesome. And so so I, I know people are thinking, right now, well, you have one. Good luck getting to 100. Like people are saying that right now, right? Yep. You're also 20 and you bought your first one. That's mm-hmm. better than Big most staff. people out there. Yep. Um, and, and, and you're the kind of guy that you set up an idea, you set a plan, you set a goal, and you achieve it. You're doing it in your real estate business right now. Like you're crushing your goals. So I have no doubt you're going to hit that. I think for most people, they never put a plan together. They just think, oh, I couldn't have that. That's not for me. That's, you know, so I think that's awesome that you have a big goal, totally doable. So in 10 years, you could have a million dollars in passive income at 30. Like,
2: that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I think a lot of people too, it's just like one roadblock away from quitting. Yeah. Because people think it's gonna be smooth until one bad thing occurs. Like say you find mold or your Mm roof's leaking, and they're like, oh shoot, it's over. But I think you just gotta be prepared for all that stuff. And just have a plan before you get started. Even with my first one, I learned that I should have put a plan together but next time I'll know have a plan in place before I get started to right. so make it smoother, go quicker.
0: Well, and that's a good point. So that's something too to keep in mind on these properties is find stuff that doesn't need like that's my big thing. I used to flip and renovate stuff and like it takes forever. It always takes you're going to with your own personal house, mm-hmm. out, Jeff? Like, I am. It takes longer than you anticipate, it costs more than you anticipate. So really like the last one I just bought twenty three grand, needed a furnace, so I paid twenty three thousand for it. Furnace, air conditioner, one window replaced, and then the a roof on the back patio, just a little flat roof. I have six grand all in. So 29000 into that thing, it was done in two weeks, tenant moved in 30 days later. And so I think the key to a lot of these properties is don't take on big renovations. Like The key to this is find stuff that doesn't need much work, cosmetic, go in, put some flooring, get some paint. One of our models too, I'll just touch on real quick, is go in, carpet all of the areas like living room, dining room, bedrooms, carpet, kitchen gets vinyl floors, bathroom gets vinyl floors. Um, Garbage disposals come out because they're going to run them to death, clog them up. Ceiling fans come out. Those $10, those two for 20 Lowe's or Home Depot lights, those go up in place of ceiling fans. So it's a clean, nice house, but I don't want people running ceiling fans 24-7. They break. Now it's going to cost me $150 to go get it, have somebody go put a ceiling fan in. So I kind of prep it as far as like when they move out in five years, carpet gets ripped out, carpet goes back in. Takes three hours. Flooring's done. So I'm not messing with a lot of maintenance it's just simple in and out and um, and that's what kind of created that's been my process how I can get in and out of these things fast get tenants in and start collecting my rent because you don't want to buy a property that's gonna sit there for three four five six months while you're renovating it not making any money you rather spend a little bit more on the purchase and have to do less to get your tenant in there quicker to start getting your return so it's all I got so if you have questions on section 8 stuff you can always give us a call or email us at info@thenetgroup.com. Shoot us an info or an email. We'd love to hear from you. Ask your, can talk, answer any of the questions that you might have. And uh, we'll be talking more about different pillars of real estate investing uh, throughout season two here as well. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.